Hey y'all, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Minor Finery. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are joined by a very special guest to talk about his album, Death Ain't That Bad. So we have Heno on the show, and we hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. Hey Kyle, how are you doing is it hot where you are? Do you have air conditioning? Uh, it's off because I'm recording this podcast with you. And since we live in the same city, I think we can both uh, understand that it's um, pretty fucking hot out. And uh, uh, I, I think if we told uh, our guest it's 40 degrees, the, the, the Celsius context wouldn't work out. But it's like, yeah, it's it's hot. It's, uh, you know, it's damn near 100. And, um, you know, I tried uh, doing physical labor in this, little boxing, terrible. Um, I sweat and it was just getting on gloves. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm ready for, you know, some standard weather fall. Let's yeah, I'm, I, I'm over it. You're ready to move into fall. I'm ready. I am also, I'm also ready to move in the fall. The only thing I really like about the summer is the nights cause you can wear a t-shirt at night, but I have a really good jacket collection. So I'm ready for, I'm ready for fall to come. I kind of want basketball back too. Like that's basketball you know. back would be good. You know, nice fall weather crisp clean air not soaking through your shirt no three showers a day these are all things that i personally enjoy i was also born in the fall i have a special connection to it if it wasn't fall immediately by winter i think you know it's clear contender for the best season out there are you in october are you october's very own i am not i'm not october i'm not a scorpio uh if you listen to this podcast and you would know that very well that i'm a sagittarius Okay, I don't remember the conversation where we discussed your sign. <laughs> you don't know my uh, my star chart, my birth, uh, my birth. No, uh, I never, I never would have done a show with a Sagittarius. This just doesn't. <laughs> you're just such a Sagittarius thing to say. <laughs> um, but you know, we've been listening to a lot of good music. We've been talking about a lot of good music, but we haven't been able to talk to too many re- musicians recently. So I wanted to to change that this episode. I'm excited. Yeah, very excited. We're gonna have a very very special guest joining us from the West Coast, but by way of the DMV. Both places that you know are very near and dear to my heart. Uh, both places, you know, we both like a lot of music from. Um, and people we've, you know, talked about and talked to from these places. So, uh, should we get into it now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, let's welcome our guests. We have Hannah with us in the building. And I mean that digitally. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing blessed. Thank you for having me. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Man, can I, can I just say real quick, uh, fall is definitely the best season, uh, hands down post summer like start of fall it's my shit yeah uh, yeah when you're getting into september and stuff late september like you're in a good groove there you're, you're you're wearing like a hoodie and jeans and you're comfortable it's nice yeah hoodie and shorts even you know yeah. just like 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 in california like yeah it's pretty much the same type of weather which is why when it gets too hot down here i have i just go up to the bay because it's like relatively colder like just always chiller so you could wear layers and still be summer but summer nights is also like because like in maryland like summer nights are the best it's a little humid but like definitely like warm enough that you can just be out in a t-shirt and shorts and it's like yeah that's that's the shit but fall when it's brisk like start a football season like all of that it's just like 
that's it's great. Right, so are you are you a Washington football team fan then? No, you I'm, mentioned or, I, I, so so I, I prioritize Baltimore Ravens. Um, okay, but I like, I that. I like that. I support both. Like I all sports it. teams. Like I support from the DMV. Like although I live in California, like you know, you know, I have appreciation for you know different teams here and there. Like you know when I go, but I, I support my home first. So like the Wizards, you know. That's hard to be a Wizards fan. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you got you got to do it. Um, you know, Wizard uh Capitals, like all that. Um yeah. You guys I have, I, go I have a special hate in my heart for the Wizards, uh yep. for some some series between the Raptors Remember and when the they Wizards. Swept us just John Wall yeah. all over us. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. But the Man. funny thing is that they don't have a championship and we do. So oh, you know, I, I always got that. How do you feel about Lamar oh, we Jackson? Have a chip. We have a chip. Oh, well, from from we when? Have two chip. I think we have uh, in like the seventies. Like, oh, <laughs> as the that doesn't bullets. count. That's, that does not like, count. What do you mean? There are teams that have no championships and they can't yeah. say anything. I'm gonna yeah. at least ride off my one. And to be fair, like, they got one. It's 1978. They have. Yeah, you got a chip. You do have a chip. You got a chip. Like, there was no color TVs back then, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't there know were the in the seventies. <laughs> Was there internet? There was no was internet. Was there internet? <laughs> you got, you got to pivot. You got to pivot on the fly. I don't trust anybody who won a title before '95. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, we we got to leave room for the for the Jays two titles in, in the '90s because I I remember those very fondly. Yeah, I remember them winning and me having to go to bed right away because I was in school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you're awake just enough yeah. to know it happened and then just immediately go. Like, I, got, right. I got banned from Nin- Super Nintendo right afterwards because I was up too late. Mm. Man, Super Nintendo, that, that took me back. I fuck with all of that. Uh, I have emulators too, so I just be playing like <laughs> Donkey Kong Country and shit, or em- like emulators in a bong. It's the walk down memory lane I need on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. Yeah, man, I hit up the fighting games. You say you like fighting games? Love them. What what fighting games did you did you like? I guess like old and new. If that's your okay, like, what are you? Okay. Okay, I know we're I know we're diverting this cover, but he he mentioned the fighting games. Um, Street Fighter Two was my jam. Like that is what I was like. Like if you're talking shit, pick up your sticks right now and let's just do this. Mm-hmm. Because and then like Mortal Kombat, it was like Street Fighter Two Turbo, Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, and then I was like hitting the arcades on the regular, and then I wrote out these franchises like I play Street Fighter Five and shit like that now. That's hard. Yeah, definitely was the Street Fighter dude. I like. Uh, even the old like Marvel versus Capcom arcade games, so good. crazy Mortal so, Kombat, yeah, Tekken, so yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that's what's a- up. Shout out to you. I'm a button masher because you know when those games were going on at family functions, I was like young and my my, my uh, cousins would hand me controllers that weren't plugged in, and if they were plugged in. Like I just didn't know what to do when I was just mashing buttons, and they just like didn't really like it. So that's always been kind of my strategy in any fighting games. I just button mash and you know hit you with the same kick twenty times, so your health is all the way down. 
Hey, no, nah, but it depends on the game because sometimes that butter magic shit will really get you pretty far. Like, yeah, that's why they were man. probably. That's probably why they were pissed off. They're like, uh, "This guy just used E Honda and just ruined my shit over and over again." Because you're just mm-hmm. like button mashing and hand slapping, and it's just like I'm just going to go to dinner because I can't. You button, yeah, especially if you button mash with the right dude, like a like a fucking bison or like. I don't know, like you, you could really just or Akuma, like it could, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it's not fun, <laughs> but but yeah, I might be diverting the conversation. My bad. <laughs> I just you just said games and like weather. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, cool. We're just in this conversation. It's good. Okay, cool. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, what was growing up in the DMV like? Like that is a place that you know has seen many musical moments over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, I think it's a place that people kind of interact with through, you know, the wire and there's these cultural kind of touchstones and points. I, I know you're from Maryland, I believe. Mm-hmm. Shout, out, shout out to my family, PG County. Um, oh, respect. What part of PG County? Uh, so they're they're right over. My aunt was in Baltimore and then moves right into I forget what it's called. I literally haven't been down there in probably like seven or eight years. And that was going to be on my trip. Oh. Uh, Bowie. So some family Bowie. down in Bowie. 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 Is that is okay. it Bowie? Oh man, yeah, I was pronouncing yeah, it wrong Bowie. this whole time. Yeah, Bowie. Like um, David so yeah. Bowie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I that assume you, you guys have weird accents down there, so maybe it is actually Bowie, and, and you guys are pronouncing it wrong. Nah, nah, nah. It's <laughs> Bowie. It's Bowie, Maryland. <laughs> but um, nah, like just growing up in in the DMV, it's it's funny because like just to be clear, like I was born in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Was raised out there um which is like on the borderline of dc and maryland but the thing about like growing up in the dv is interesting like for in my case like i have family in dc i'll like so i you know i lived in dc like i have my grandma lives in largo which is in pg county so there are times i lived in pg county um but like went to school like in moco and stuff so like um and have family in virginia so it's like when you're in the dmv you kind of have like it's this tri-state type of area you know like where you have the district dc you have all these different things so you you kind of take up all these different experiences from dc maryland and all this all these different influences and then baltimore is like 30 40 minutes like 40 minutes away so like and there you know so it's just like a lot of different influences growing up whether it's music whether it's food it was a very diverse area so got to see and meet and ha- and befriend a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures and i feel like that definitely like uh yeah that definitely helped with just like growing up and just like <laughs> having things like empathy and like just talking to people in all different types of places but for me like it was weird because i like grew up in like Tacoma Park, which is like the projects, but like I went to school uh, and was like one of the, I'd be like in very advanced classes. So I'd be like one of the top, I'd be like one of the only black people in these like spaces. However, I grew up around niggas. So like it was this duality of like being like in these elitist type of like educational spaces, but then when you step out of that, you're in the real world and you deal with like adversity, you're seeing like all this crazy shit, like, you know, like police interactions as early as like four years old, or like you're seeing like drug exchanges, like I see prostitutes 
and all this stuff. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Though. I was just around it. And I was a young kid around a bunch of older dudes. So, like, I grew up pretty fast in the context of, like, my area. But in terms of, like, my family, like, family is such a big and important thing for me. So, like, you know, I'm blessed to have, like, my parents, like, you know, like, two loving parents that were, that really provided and, you know, were there for me. Um, we didn't have a lot, but we've always had enough. So having humble beginnings and kind of being in these uh, different, very like extremely different spaces, like polarizing spaces, like a lot. Uh, you kind of grow up fast and learn your standing in like the world for real. Like, and it took me like, you know, I went to Ethiopia when I was eight years old. And then when I came back, so when I really started to see like, oh, I learned what like racism was like, I, I learned what racism was like early on, like, you know, like, like being like and dealing with certain in instances, like, um, and just like seeing what classism was like, you know, when I left the country, I wasn't being looked at like, you know, I was being looked like an American. I wasn't being looked at like, a, you know, being black or being Ethiopian or being Eritrean or being like these other things. It was just like, so like growing up in the DMV was just like, I grew up very fast. I grew up very blessed, but I also um, learned again, a lot about myself in these spaces. It took me having to leave to kind of really figure out how different I grew up from like other people just in conversations and stuff. So I thank Maryland. I thank the DMV for making me who I am because I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for being in that space. But also there's a lot of like trauma and a lot of different things that I had to endure just being in, in that environment. Like just this year, like there was a study that Maryland has like the highest incarceration rate for young black men, like Maryland, like you wouldn't know that. Like, and that was like a, a poll that came out this year. And I'm like, damn, based on my experiences, based on my understanding, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like you wouldn't, like, I wouldn't know it unless I read that of like, oh yeah, this is like, we're up there, but like, it's not really talked about, but there's a lot of good things that come from that area too. So just super vast, super talented people, like great art scene, great community scene out there. Um, but then it's also just like, you kind of get like a lot of different experiences. It's hard to kind of answer that in like a one concise way. So I know I just said a lot, but <laughs> no, that's <laughs> I mean, good. Like, that's good. these are things that add to you know, my experiences, I guess, within I, being in Maryland. I think that's, even though maybe, you know, it might not be considered concise, I think that everything you just said really is the ethos behind your, your new project that ain't that bad. I think that what I'm hearing from you in what we just talked about and just hearing you speak it out, it's like the same things that you communicate so effortlessly through the music, you know, these mm -hmm. police interactions, you know, the dichotomy of growing up, in, you know, in these communities. Uh, so I think that, you know, you've really distilled those things and those experiences into your music really well. And I hear that, you know, all the way back, you know, to Goliath and, and you know, some of your uh, earlier stuff um, that like before this year. So I was wondering, like, how do you like see the music scene out there? And I know you're kind of bi-coastal now, but like, you know, we're seeing like IDK come up, who's from out there. I'm sure you got to watch Wale kind of come up there. And I know I was watching from Toronto. Um, it feels like, you know, 
for the cultural contributions and how much you know that area has given there hasn't really been a proper spotlight you know on the people from from the from that area you know from who grew up there and and really have you know some you, we've had these moments obviously like crew was a huge record and and that was a very DMV focused and you know I grew up listening to like a lot of go-go because I was because I was, of my family and they were like t showing me kind of what was going on. I was like, this is like, you know, cool cultural production coming out of, out of this like area that doesn't really, you know, get the shine. It kind of deserves, I think. I think in recent years, it's been definitely like, uh, ex like it's been going a lot harder and I think it's great to see, honestly. I feel like, um, I feel like there was a point in time where it was kind of hard for DMV artists to kind of like, paved the way like Wale that's why like Wale was like when he got on and he was first coming up like in like 09 and stuff it was really refreshing because like you've seen mainstream success with like a D like a rapper from like the DMV like and and then you know obviously like the fat trails the shy glizzies like and then just like the you know floodgate started to really like take place but um it's funny because I feel like the DMV like music scene in general is so vast, like, and like, you know, like from like the Neptunes, like the Timberlands and like the Missies, like the VA side. But then it's like you have again, like the Shy Glizzies and have like, 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 like IDKs, the, the Ankle Johns, like just hella like it's it, it, Sir EUs, like you have hella different like types of stuff, but then you see people like um yeah like baltimore scene in itself has been blowing up the last few years people like peggy and like you know like bush dawson like you Stand see like, other folks really emerging like it, it it's it, it it's been a thing and like if you go into these cities you'll know what's up but like i feel like there's been more of an effort especially with like records like crew and like other stuff like brent fires other people like really like like have been really owning and like bringing more attention to that of like hey we've been dope we know that like and i think that like it's interesting because i look it's something again that's been had more effort in more intention in, is happening in that in the last few years and that's such an amazing like thing to see and witness um i feel like back in the day like it wasn't like that like as much i feel like people were more focused on like within their own communities just trying to be on and like it's the same way, like, I don't know, I look at, like, L.A. and how, like, L.A. will always put on for L.A., you know, like, Atlanta always puts on for Atlanta. New York is the same way. And, like, for a while, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, like, some people didn't want to be, like, it's, like, I'm from D.C., I'm not from those places. Or some people would be, like, I'm from Virginia, I'm not from the, and it's, like, we are so much stronger together. And I just feel like it, it's it's great to see people, like, you know, like, uh, I see, uh, like, folks at Spotify, like, Damo, like, like, a DJ out there that's been, like, really putting in hella work, like, with the frequency stuff and, like, really pushing and, like, representing all different aspects. Because even sonically, it's different. You got, like, people doing experimental, like, R&B stuff, or you got people doing, like, 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 real, real gritty, like, grunge rap type shit, like, people forget like punk music was really big in DC in the eighties. Like there are a lot of heavy influences of music like and then go, go like, so it's nice to see like more embracing of the culture and like 
other artists and people coming together in these communities, but also just like the fact that like hella different types of music are being made in these spaces that can translate and do shit outside. I felt like, and I feel like some people eventually do that shit too, of like, you know, wanting to kind of venture outside of that and come back. I'm the type of, I do that all the time. I always like leave and I come back just because home is home, like it's not going anywhere. Um, but also just like, if I'm being honest, like, yeah, just stuff with like law enforcement and just other things that go on in Maryland kind of just keep me like when I'm home, I just lay low and just be cool because you never know. But like in terms of the music scene and stuff, it's super vast, super, super talented folks. And yeah, to say I'm amongst that is really tight. And to know that is really cool, too. So um, I always uh, <laughs> as what you call as, as your Toronto zone, you know, hardly home, but always repping. That's kind of the the energy I've always had, regardless of where I am. I'm, you know, I get mumbo sauce mailed to me. That, that, <laughs> so like, that was actually my next question. What, what, really, what's the best mumbo sauce in, in, in the DMV? Where's your favorite? Where's, you know what, where's my what? What's the best mambo sauce in the DMV? Where do you where do you oh, get it? Where do you down. go? You have like you might want to pull a pen and paper. I look. It's Peter's Sub Shop. Go to Peter's Sub Shop. It's on Maple Avenue. That spot will give you. It's been the same family that's run this carry out since I was a kid. So like like literally was across the street. It is across the street from uh like the the apartment building I grew up Park Ridge. But yeah, like that spot, I go there every time I'm home. I'll just get me like a two piece and some fries or get some just whatever and just get that sauce on the side. But I even get like the big containers mailed to me just because I'll be putting on niggas in L.A. I put on my homies in the Bay. I put on niggas in Atlanta. Like hella people know I, I just I just have sauce and like I just be pulling up to the studio and niggas like, what's that? I'm like, oh, this I feel like I want an oil drum full of this. This looks delicious. No, nah, it's so it's so good. It has the versatility of a ketchup, but like is not. It's it's it, it has sweet tangy like sweet and sour vibes, but has like you know kind of like a barbecue vibe in like the the the, the richness, but like isn't has a little kick, but it's not spicy. It's like so many different. It's like. I really don't know what else to compare it to. It's it it is the bee's knees of sauces. <laughs> how, how, how does like, it stack? Have you had extra mild sauce though? Like so, like you talking about like from Chicago, like mild yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, extra so mild I sauce. I haven't. I have not. And, and never tried. And, no, okay. I, I haven't. And it's not. Like, and I same way I told you, I've had situations in Toronto get canceled because of COVID. Same thing with Chicago. So like I've been trying to go to like I've only flown to Chicago airports. I haven't gotten to like really venture out yet, but I know that uh, I'm gonna do that relatively soon. So like Harold's was the first place I was gonna oh, go. Oh, you gotta to go to Harold's. You gotta go. Everybody just like everybody says that there's one spot that's mid out there, and then there's one spot that's really good. So I gotta just make sure I know which one I'm going to. And I'm gonna just run that play. I'm gonna have to compare. I feel like I need both sauces. And I'm you gotta, well, you said you, you keep some sauce on you, and so you gotta you gotta do it like at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah, like a I want to do a taste testing thing and and fuck around and just get sauces from all 
all the most fire sauces from places, but not not like, yeah, I need to do something like that. I might fuck around. Are we, are we talking Harold's Chicken in Chicago? Yeah, we're we're talking Harold's Chicken in Chicago. You gotta keep up. Oh man, no, I'm just, now I'm just like <laughs> deep diving on because I've been to Harold's Chicken. It's fucking oh, well, it's, so good. It, it's just, I mean, it's chicken. If you look up chicken in the dictionary, fucking Harold's Chicken is just right there. It's it's crazy because I like not even gonna lie, I just got. Like, I order some Gus's fried chicken. Like, it's sitting right here. Like, I just got <laughs> Gus's, which is, like, L.A.'s, like, that's one of their, like, fried chicken spots that's, like, known that in Dave's. But, yeah, <laughs> we just, it's the, it's the synchronicity of it for me. I'm just like, oh, like, we're talking about fried chicken. I literally have some. But anyhow, yeah, mild sauce, I need to fuck with that. I need to see what's up. But I, I'm not even, no shade to anybody, but I, I'll still, I'd put, my money on mumbo sauce either way i still I mean, you, would you, you, you gotta ride for, you, got, you gotta ride for the home team i i, I understand completely i understand me. completely yeah. we all the way consistent <laughs> so we're now i don't know every day feels the same but yeah you know death ain't that bad came out in march i don't know how many months ago that was because i can't count good and oh, like four months, or five the, something like that day, every day feels like a month in this pandemic to it me it does so, you know, what's the reception been? What's, you know, what's the vibe like after putting that out? Because you poured your soul into that and you had, you know, so much around telling that story and making sure that, you know, your vision got acro- across and it was clear. How has that think, felt? I think it feels great. It, it, it was funny because, like, you know, an album like that wasn't really, and I, it was an album I needed to make. And I feel like if I didn't make it, then I wouldn't be here having this conversation. I wouldn't even be here in general. Like I was, it was a lot going on at the time and it was like a perfect storm of a lot of things. And I I just remember like being on the train in Oakland, the BART um, riding from Oakland to SF. And I just had the feeling of like, I was like, man, death is not as bad as I'm feel- as how I'm feeling right now. I was just like, death ain't that bad. And I kind of laughed because I was like, whoa, that sounds kind of crazy. I was like, and then from there, kind of just was like reevaluating what my relationship with death was, you know? And I feel like when I did that, it was kind of like, it was something I just needed to do because dealing with a lot of like loss and grieving and like other things, like I moved to California, like on my own. So like I've been in solitude a lot and kind of had to like learn about you know myself but like learn about how i view these things and i've always been someone that's trying to find comfort within things that make me uncomfortable so like i feel like progression and growth come from those things and um really just looking at again death as this thing that like in a lot of cultures especially cultures outside of western philosophy or western you know influence you see a lot of cultures celebrate and honor those who have passed on rather than mourn a loss you know what i mean like and i was just like wow there's a lot of power in words there's power in like how you look at something you can look at this thing that's really bad and say you know just because it's bad it doesn't mean you have to have a negative relationship with it and looking at things really objectively and i was just like in a world where we really can't control shit, you know? We can't control that every day feels like a month in this panoramic. We can't control that the fact that, you know, that is even a thing, but I can control how I'm gonna look at it. I can control how I react to it. 
control how I, what I give my energy to. And I feel like that speaks to the power of our perception. And that was really what was tied into like death ain't that bad. If I could look at something as polarizing and taboo as death that a lot of people are really uncomfortable with. And I can look at it for myself and say, man, like, like I can find some sort of peace within it. Then that speaks to how powerful we are and how we look and discern things. And this was really not a, like I use my story of my like life as an example, but it's not really an album about me per se. It's more so like I'm asking myself questions, but also asking anyone that's listening. Like I want you to ask, ask those questions for yourself and see if you, if that resonates in any way, like for instance, on the intro black star, that song is about fearing death being irrational because it's the only thing that's promised us in life. Now it's based off of an Epicurus theory. And it's just like, if I know that I'm going to die, why would I spend my entire life loathing when I could just be making sure <laughs> that I'm spending every day doing what I love to do and spending that time valuably, you know, spend that time with friends, family, like be very intentional with that time. If I know that my end is going to be regardless of whatever, then I'm going to change how I'm living. So I enjoy the time I have here. And I was just like a lot of like what death ain't that bad is, is a reminder that like live now. <laughs> like live now, love now, do what you want now. Cause you could have a 10 year plan and all this stuff and you could die tomorrow. So it's like, were you happy in that? Like, were you happy in like what you were doing? Did you like, so like, those are things that like I was noticing and things that I was really answering for myself. Like, and you know, I, I feel like with death ain't that bad in the reception, I feel like a lot of people have really reached out on some like, bro, like people I didn't even know were even checking for it. Like people just tapped in and like other things just like, because you have to really be in a vulnerable place to like get some of these ideas off. But like at the same time, it was very therapeutic to release and to get it out. Cause it was just like, this is stuff I've been dealing with my whole life for real. So like, none of this is new to me. None of these stories or these experiences, but it was more so like, if I didn't put this out, I couldn't move forward. And sometimes I think we have our adversity to block us. And like, you know, instead of like letting that adversity fuel you to push you forward. And like, yeah, this album was my way to kind of get out of my head and like just move forward in a positive direction. Um, I, so it's really, it, it's kind of really interesting because like ego death and uh, sorry for jumping in. I apologize. No, you're good. I, I just think that, you know, the various parts of this album almost like represent different phases of mourning and loss and like a, a track like ego death kind of represents a different kind of death which is this like of the old you and this because like although you know we're talking mm -hmm. about death here like there's some very beautiful ideas that come out of it in terms of like okay i've let go of those anxieties and thoughts and like this is the new thing that's come out of it and it's a bigger appreciation for the things I have and the people I have and you know like you mm -hmm. were saying that idea of like really embracing you know embracing your time so you know more about also about like you know metaphysical death in terms of who you are and you know how you're perceiving yourself yeah death is a lot of death isn't just like 
life. You know what I mean? It's, it's like there's a lot of different types of death. And like you said, yeah, like ego death. That's why the song was right after the intro. It was like that was the death of myself, death of my like of like not myself, but of like my old self. Um, like me embrace it, it's kind of like this is a weird analogy, but y'all ever watch Naruto? Uh, yes, I've seen. Naruto? Oh yeah, I've yep. seen it all. I've seen okay, it all. Okay, cool. So you know how, like, for instance, Naruto at the very beginning when he had the Jinchuriki inside of him, the, the Nine Tail Fox, they was beefing at the beginning, and they were not getting along at all. It was like, and and over the course of the, you know, towards the end of the series, and even into like, you know, the end, and then like Boruto and all this shit, like, they're obviously they're like best fucking friends. <laughs> like they, it took him having to really go down there and face his demons literally and be like, yo, like tighten up. And like, they eventually got it together. And it was like, for me, like, it was like a lot of these negative, you know, ex- feelings like the anxieties and like these other things I was dealing with, like, they're going to be here regardless. You know what I mean? Like, so I might as well get on the same page with it. like and that was kind of like what that song was about like i think that like sometimes the adversities that we face sometimes we think that we are that adversity and and we're not it's how we react and respond to that shit like and that's the same thing into finding comfort within things that make us uncomfortable i can't control a lot but i can control how i look at something at the very least i can control how i deal with something i can control how i react and what i choose to give my energy to or even control who you're around. But like those ideas of like, that's a choice that I'm, 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 I'm choosing to take this adversity and like find some peace and comfort within it or like spin it in a positive way that isn't going to like, you know, have me derailed and like the latter, which is just like, let my anxiety beat me. And I don't, you know, and not to say everything's easier said than done. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a role model or nothing, but I say that to say like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. I think acknowledging shit though is how you get past things. So me facing my, you know, anxieties and other things and just being like, yo, I befriended it. The idea of making that shit my best friend so that shit can't like negatively like fuck with me. It's like, okay, great. Like if I can do that with something as personal as that, as and as, it's easier said than done, of course. But if I can do that, then what, you know, what's the, where's the limit? Like, what else can I do that with? You know? And that's kind of why, like, that song is super early in the track listing. And, like, just because acknowledging that fearing death is irrational. So, like, why, why fear the only thing? So, like, just killing fear <laughs> and then going right into that is just, like, you know, I love sequencing, like having a, a record and then just the sequencing is so important. Just like, what do you, you know, like starting at something as dark as Black Star and ending at Life's Too Short, like, you know, that's a, there's a whole journey I'm trying to take you on with that project, top to bottom. And like the thought process is it, kind of like Life's Too Short is the, 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 the period, the, the acceptance of like, life's too short to worry about why your life's too short. <laughs> like you know like like live for now live for now is the song right before that <laughs> and that you come to that realization going through that whole project and like yeah so like for me that was a really important record but also just like 
I don't know, just the intention of like, this is a universal conversation. We all deal with death. We all do. That's what unifies us as people. Like, we may not have jack shit else in common, but like, we're both going to, we're all going to die. So it's like, that should be something that brings us together in a weird way. That's kind of a thing that death even does in nature. Like, you think about a funeral you've gone to, right? Think about a funeral. You've gone, I don't know. I've gone to a lot of funerals, but like, you may think of a funeral maybe you've gone to for somebody that you may not have been the closest with, but you respect them. And like, you know, obviously you're sad for their loss. You're going to go pay your respects. You fuck around and go to that funeral. You might run into somebody you haven't seen in years, like in years. And you may have been really close with them. And, you know, life will just have you go in different directions. But it's like the love that you have for this one person that transitioned brought you to the same place except it's an entire community of people that pull up for this one person as like sad of a thing. That is, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Death can like bring us together in a weird way and make us appreciative of what we have and what we don't have. Like being more grateful for what is than stressing about what isn't, you know? And that's something that like I've noticed and I've peeped in like in my own life, but also like, I'm sure other people have experienced and, you know, trying to find good in the, you know, in things that aren't necessarily that great. I just feel like it speaks to how we can choose our perception and choose how we want to look at things. And yeah, that that's, I, you, y'all just be asking me some real potent questions and i just be going off so my bad like no we love it i'm loving it i'm loving it what what was your experience like when you dropped out of howard like what was that like where were you at in your life that you know got you to here and you know to elysium and you know doing shout out to you for like even knowing what elysium is but it's so um, good yeah i fucking so i I basically decided that I was going to leave Howard. It was probably like the third day of my junior year. And I was working two jobs uh, while going to school full time. I had just like gotten out of a toxic ass relationship and was like, you know, kind of like my brother was in jail at the time and like a bunch of other shit, like, and it was just getting really active in my area. Like friends of mine were getting killed or like overdosing and shit. And it's like for like college, like when I talk, you know, the, the college experience that folks have, sometimes people like will go to school, Oh, you know, far away. And it's like, cool. I don't have to deal with stuff at home. It's like, you can just, you know, you're you're like some in another school like you're far away abroad whatever like for me it's like i went i'm from dc i'm from maryland so it's like going to howard is down the street from my house so it's like trying to like focus in pre-calc when you find out one of your homies is trying to like off himself you gotta like leave class to like go do some shit to help your homie you're like it'd be shit like that i'm like bro like i can't even like I can't even like, like trying to go to class and it's like, you got beef with certain niggas in a different area or like just, you know, or just some shit like, or like police and just, it was like so much 
going on like on camp like not even like on campus for like other students it's just me because i'm from this area it's not like like you can walk on the howard's campus if you're a random person like it's not like close it off so it was like my real like life and like stuff in the streets and like trenches and other shit was like influencing and getting into like me just trying to exist in this school so like it was just like a lot with that and i was just like this is too much for me on top of that like music was t- starting to pick up more and i just was at a point where i was like bro like you know being ethiopian and being first generation too it's like your parents really don't you know they they want you to either be a doctor or a lawyer like engineer like one of those three anything else is like a joke so like music was never something that they were really on board with which is why i taught myself everything and like i learned everything in private like kind of and once they started to see it's like oh doing shows and like you you know they're like cool you know this is cool but you know keep your priorities like focus here and at a certain point i was just like I would like take off half of a semester to like go do shows and record. And then I'd come back to school like, all right, what did I miss? You know, this clear disconnect. And like I would still manage to finesse catching up on all this work. I'd fake like so like a relative passing, get all my shit excused, make up a bunch of work and I'd get straight A's at the end of a semester. But then I'd be like exhausted and like miserable. And I'd be like, bro, I can't keep living like this. So like Howard was just like, I love Howard, but it was a lot going on. And I just was like, this ain't for me. And I had to basically just choose my peace of mind and like really evaluate. It's like what life is like a matter of what you want to do versus what you have to do to like survive and sustain yourself. And I feel like if you are doing one thing that you want to do, but then you're doing one thing that you have to do that aren't the same thing, it creates this conflict. And for me, I was like, I'm going to make what I want to do, which is like all my creative passions and other business ventures, other things I want to do. And I want to make that what I have to do to sustain myself. Even if I like have to go through being homeless, even if I have to go through adversity, even if I have to like go through these near fatal situations, it's like, this is what the fuck I want to do. So I'm going to do it. And I'm going to bet on myself, like with an unwavering kind of like, I was just like, you're not like, I was just sure. And I don't know how long it was until I was just like, I just know I'm sure and confident in myself. And that even if I don't know everything, I'm willing to work and find and, and push myself. Now I feel like some people were like, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy for just like buying a one way and being like, I'm out. Like I'm gonna work a few months, stack up and be out. But like so many blessings kind of made their way just cause I made the intention of like, like I'm willing to bet on myself before anybody doubts me. And what it is I have to do. And it was just a very like tunnel vision, you know, like there are definitely pros and cons to making decisions that are kind of impulsive. But if I didn't do that, I probably, again, I probably wouldn't even be here. Like, like it was getting very real for me, like dealing with like a lot of just street stuff, like on and off stuff with like, you know, I used to drink a lot of like lean and like pop pills and like all this other shit. And sometimes I'd mix and it would just be like, I was just not in a good place. And I just was like, I need to change up how I'm moving. And, you know, I'm grateful. I I made a lot of changes to my life, like more so like just within how I move day to day and just like, you know, and I'm grateful I did because my parents did not fuck with this shit at all. Like we was beefing at one point, but you know, we've, like they're not like some of my biggest supporters like 
hella like they they be like we laugh about it sometimes we're like damn like my dad would be like why did you go to music school you should have went to music school i'm like (laughs) you can say that now obviously not like in you know back when i was in school like hey can you know the idea of even trying to be like hey i want to do this like they'll look at you crazy so yeah yeah i i i say this also just to any like you know any first generation like like person and wherever they are that like has parents that are like you know have a specific vision they obviously love you but like they're also afraid for you because it's like the world is a scary place and you know they just want they just want you to do well but i think once my parents started to see that i was able to sustain myself as long as i have (laughs) they're like okay actually you're actually doing what you need to do so like that's better than what you were around and it's just it's a it's a blessing honestly so like howard was dope it hella dope parties and you know just i just love being around you know hella black people too from all over too um but shout out to uh chloe krueger uh she uh is the person that it's like my best friend literally like helped me figure out getting into california getting settled uh from dc like helped me just like figure some shit out and you know yeah it just kind of worked out i think it only works out sometimes though if you don't like you have to be sure you have to really be like about that shit because some people are like yeah i'm down to move i'm down to do this and then when they get there it's like oh shit like this is more work than i thought it was gonna be and it's like yeah like it's a lot a lot comes with that you gotta like you know i had to a lot of I don't know. It was a culture shock moving to California too. Like it was just like a lot of different things that I wasn't aware of when I first came out here, like, but the grass is greener. So like it made me appreciate home, but also like, I was glad that I could like be out there and like, it's like a lot of the shit that's punishable in Maryland. Like you can just exist and coast in California. Like, and it's just like, wow. Like, a lot of the shit I'm paranoid about, the shit I'm anxious about, like walking down the street, all this stuff. Like, bro, like I used to have police officers know me by name, bro. Like they know me and my brother by name. Like that shit's scary in my neighborhood. Like not like it. That's not even a flex. That's like a concern to like ask if you got dead bodies in your car, or, like heavy artillery guns. And it's like, bro, I'm going to the library. Like I'm going to like, get some groceries have guns pulled out on you like and you're just at a traffic like you said this is a traffic stop why you got your guns out like that's a that's a norm for me like that's like i got so numb and desensitized a lot of that like like just trying to exist and like you deal with all these different pressures societally and like all this other stuff and yeah it was just like i i'm always good with my intuition so like that shit literally told me it was like bro if you don't get out of here like some shit's gonna go down and you're not gonna you know and I, I, I listened. So that is, that was my experience being like at Howard and just like trying to be in the books, but like real shit's just going on everywhere. Like, you know, waking up to bail somebody out, but you got class in the morning. It's like, yo, what? It's like, I can't even focus on studying. I gotta, I gotta go do some, handle some shit and then come back. It was just like, so yeah. So that was just like a lot of just what was going on in Maryland too. And just like other things, like just trying to 
just trying to exist, you know, just trying to like get from point A to point B. But also I recognize that like, you know, every area has its pros and its cons. So I don't want to like sound like I'm just bashing where I'm from because, you know, although those things do happen, like, well, I feel you like know, you, I, you you gave you gave a lot of praise to your one chip from the seventies, um, but you have obviously a lot of love for the DMV and and what it gave to you and what it birthed in you. How does mm-hmm. how does the Bart compare to the MTA, and what do you prefer? The MTA. Oh, you're talking about like oh uh, they call it what? Yeah, the WMTA. That uh, it's literally the same, bro. It's honestly the same. It's just like the maps look the same. The Metro, like the BART and like the the DC Metro shit is just the same colors. You got five colored train, like a red, blue line, a green line, yellow line. It, they all run through like one runs for oh, run from Maryland through DC to Virginia. You got it going from on here from like SF to Oakland to Berkeley. It like it all is just like it was so easy to just get on the train and go, oh. That's it. Like, man, obviously just that was kind of how I figured it out. At least it just reminded me of home. And it's funny because like that's why I like Oakland and I love I love Oakland so much. It's like Oakland looks like D.C. to me in Baltimore and different aspects of it, like the architecture, the trains, the community, like the art stuff, the the galleries, all this shit like. And like the the trains for sure. So like when I'm homesick and I don't feel like going all the way to Maryland, I just go to Oakland and I just like be out there a lot doing stuff in the community or just like, just like just being by the Lake, Lake Merritt or some shit. It's just like, Oh, this shit feels like DC somehow. Like it's weird. It's very East coastish for a West coast city. Um, I think that's cause LA super spread out. So it's not really city vibes. So like you don't really like you got to drive everywhere and it's super like yeah I, I I like LA but I don't like you know every time I'm like someone's like oh you're in LA let's let's link and everyone's like forty minutes apart and yeah. like mm-hmm. when you're out there it's like <laughs> I'm just like oh like you're you're that far we got to get on the highway and it's traffic and like yeah. the spots are cool but it's like you know you, if, even if you're meeting up with somebody it's like oh yeah i'll meet you there and they're they're coming 40 minutes and you're going 40 minutes and like we're all just driving 40 minutes i'm like this is like this is long and like, if you, you don't have a like, car you're fucked like yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't even Uber's, box uber yeah. be kicking my ass sometimes when i'm in la i just be like bro i, not I need to I need to delete that app that app has just done nothing but so, causing misery yeah for real and it's funny because like in la it's like you can't can't commit to making plans before two o'clock you gotta you gotta make plans before two or like after seven like i'm like yo you want me to meet you at four o'clock somewhere i'm like nah bro that traffic is gonna be so bad at four like i'm waiting for that shit to die down at seven or before two o'clock because it just you just gotta know your your windows and stuff but yeah it's just like things like that too like and that's why like i feel like it's hard like I don't want to say it's harder, but I, I think it, it it makes it easier for, like, m- people from all over to, like, get to one place central. Like, the Bay is easy because, like, the Bay is super small. Like, San Francisco is only seven miles by seven miles. Like, it's a small-ass city, but, like, it's hella compact. There's just hella shit going on. So, like, people will all get to Oakland or go to different things, and there's more of that, intent, you know, willingness to, like, get somewhere because – it's not super bad traffic like LA. Um, 
that's yeah. why I, I don't know it's even funny because some people don't even realize the bay and la are six seven hours apart so i'll get homies that hit me up when i'm in la like hey bro i'm in the bay pull up like where you at i'm just like dude what yeah like imagine if you go See to tomorrow. new york and it's like <laughs> you you fly to new york and someone's like hey i'm in atlanta where are you at it's just like, <laughs> it's just like what yeah i'm yeah, in savannah so like, want to come by yeah mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> it's just shit like that it's really funny having to like read like let people know like oh yeah these places are not like close at all <sighs> but yeah so, so that, I, like i think you, you you brought up an interesting point there and and this is about community and i think that you know when i hear from you and when i look at what you're doing i see that community kind of resonates through you and 100 i think i've kind of found that weird when i was in la just because i was an outsider but like i found it kind of hard to like tap in with that community because i feel like la's reminding me of chicago in a lot of ways where it's like really divided along race and class lines whereas oakland and like you said I in la feel, la yeah i feel like la's like it's not even that i feel like la's pockets yeah I think that everything exists in pockets so like the same way we were talking about with traffic is like yeah. if you're in downtown like yeah. you're probably gonna stay downtown yeah and you'll go to shit downtown but like you're gonna be downtown yeah and i feel like different neighborhoods kind of do that uh different areas do that as well like, well, I, I, like I, I, I think i found it weird with like you know you go to like hollywood or like you know brentwood or any of these places and there's just so much wealth there and then you go downtown la or you go south la and it's just like such a different it's like completely know, different cities to be honest yeah. with you like like each each i find each neighborhood like has a very distinct culture like socioeconomic situation like and it's I, definitely it, it, it's it's really kind of I, even, yeah but that's why areas be putting on for their own. Like, like, I feel like, you know, it's tight to see, like, even with, like, artist communities, too, within that. Like, you'll see artists from, like, uh, I don't know, like, so, like, Inglewood. You see Inglewood rappers and stuff. Like, they'll fuck with other Inglewood rappers. And, like, you'll see, like, them all, like, really, like, like, oh, you're from here? We fuck with you. Like, there's, like, that community aspect of it, like, in different pockets, like like Compton puts on for Compton artists the way like Dre the game to Kendrick like you see all those people like you know these areas like Snoop fucked with Vince Staples like they you see that in like Long Beach like like those like so people who are akin to certain areas you see people like when they see you doing shit like we'll, we'll, we'll fuck with you that's that's good to see but also like um it's interesting because uh back to your uh to 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 your point I think uh I don't know. I think like like the bay is cool because it it it's yeah. This thing is smaller that it allows people to like. It's just more of a willingness to kind of step into these spaces too, um, and or not step into these spaces, but um, it's easier to come together on some shit too. But um, but yeah, yeah. I wanted that, to, to get a little bit too like for your community ethos and you know it bleeds over in everything you're saying and also on on the project uh, what what's that like you know what does that look like you tell me a bit about the knowledge center and, and how that came about because i think that's a very powerful thing and like you know we're seeing you as an artist but also as an, a leader in the community and in you know what sounds like multiple communities um i would say so like the knowledge center that that came together and it, it's kind of like crazy how that came together. So um, my, and, and, you know, talking about it on the project, 
my younger brother, Adisu, uh, he passed when he was 21 in a, in a motorcycle accident. Um, he got, uh, yeah, it was, a very, very, it was right after he like graduated, like, like, uh, getting his like tech, uh, getting, he was going to be a, a motorcycle like technician and it was working with like other companies and stuff. And he got hit when he was home after, you know, like just down the street, uh, cause a lady ran a red light or whatever. Um, but basically, you know, my brother was very, uh, very like for people. Like he was ve- like, he was very like, very full of life, very like willing to like give you his last, if it meant you were good. Like, and like, he spent a lot, you know, he traveled a lot in Ethiopia, like in South Africa and other places. And, you know, we talked about dreams of like us going to Ethiopia and being able to like help our communities in whatever ways we can, whether it's like medical stuff, whether it's through education, just like wanting to better situations out there with the resources and stuff that we're blessed with. And come, you know, sure enough, um, through some family and other stuff, we have connections with that Wagane Ethiopian Foundation. They're a, a nonprofit that has chapters out here in uh in the u.s but also in based in ethiopia um they had a knowledge center since 2000 and they've been able to support a bunch of families through giving uh aid and education and housing and like like counseling and a bunch of other things for just lower income families and like children as well and they we had gotten in contact with them about you know opening a second knowledge center with them and them honoring Adisu in that building and through, you know, local fundraising in our community and me throwing a live stream with Bandcamp uh, in May, we were able to raise all the funds that uh, the startup costs for it and stuff. So that just opened up literally at the end of July, like last month, which is like crazy. And I have to go to Ethiopia in the next couple of months. I'm trying to figure out when, but hopefully when COVID dies down like a little bit, but like trying to go out there to see the building. Cause it's crazy. And, um, you know, I talk about, you know, with like the idea of like celebrating life versus mourning loss. When we look at like how we look into, you know, at, you know, how we deal with death, like you have other countries, like, doing like like in mexico they have the, the dia de los muertos like like they have a day literally honoring and celebrating their loved ones and like for me when i looked at death i was like bro like i'm not like i know like my brother wouldn't want me mourning and like hella sad and depressed he's not that type of person he was very cheerful cheerful laughing like just i know that he would be like i'd be doing him a disservice if i was mourning him so instead of honoring and celebrating his life and his legacy so I took that as my own thing to, instead of like, be sad of like this, his death, is it, it, it happened. I can't do anything about that. I can control how I deal with it and how I can try to, uh, how I can try to cope essentially and continuing the work that I know he wanted to do with like getting more involved in community stuff. And, you know, that stuff that it, within his legacy, I know he would leave behind. And I have a lot of big plans with him and like continuing to do stuff. Um, and and this was just like, it was crazy that this came up like, at, like, like literally like right before I dropped this album. And I was just like, 
it was tripping me out because then we, when we did it, it was just like, wow, like finding a way to really like honor somebody and like, you know, and like have their legacy be something that's positively impacting other people who need it is just a powerful thing. And I, and it makes me want to do more of that because I know that that's the legacy he would have left behind. And, and yeah, like it, it, it's, it's powerful. It's, it, it just speaks to, it speaks to like realizing again, the power that we have and like how we can use adversity to kind of fuel us and not let it hinder our paths. And yeah, so like definitely that it just, it just, it was just, it was crazy. The timing of it really, like it wasn't planned. It kind of just, it happened and, you know, by the grace of God, it was able to go down the way it did. So I'm happy that I was even called and, you know, reached out to about it and um, just able to try and use my platform to try to do more of that type of stuff, not only in Ethiopia, but like in Maryland and like in DC and artist communities out there, I want to be more in, in, in contact with and in Oakland and LA too. Um, used to like throw shows in LA um, and we would donate proceeds to like inner city arts in LA. Um, and that was just like, early, you know, when I was first coming out here just to try to like do stuff to positively impact other people that like in the Bay area too, like just trying to do more like, like grassroot work or just trying to do more stuff to, cause again, uh, I, I feel like it's very easy to be very well focused on self and to try to focus on, you know, trying to better yourself in all these different ways. But I feel like life is better when you can kind of share blessings and like be able to like just make somebody else's day. Like you don't know what the ripples that'll set off in somebody else's life. You don't know what, you know, everybody goes through their own silent battles. So nobody, nobody really talks about all that shit that they do. So like, you know, just being able to impact people in a positive way can really like, you know, set ripples for their own communities, you know? And I think that that is just, it doesn't take much, but just the intention to want to do it. I think that's where it starts. And then everything else can kind of just form. So luckily I'm not, you know, the and, and, and on top of that, just, I'm just blessed that like to be, a part of different communities, you know, and like be embraced by certain communities. So like, I think it's just about paying it forward. I think that that's beautiful. Uh, if you had to pick one song on death, ain't that bad to capture the whole project, what would that song be and why? That's crazy. You say that. Uh, man, that's crazy. Uh, I was, I was just having this conversation with somebody like two days ago. Um, it would have to probably be like, if I had to pick one song, I would probably say either, can I say one or another? I'm going to say one or another. I would say it's either, either live for now or life's too short. Probably live for now, honestly. It's probably like the motif. Like, I think that that song, like that was the last song that was put on the project. Uh, that was the last song, like the last song that I was like, I squeezed it in there because it was going to be 13 songs. I was like, nah, this needs to be on there. 
because it, it it just it filled the space that I think transitioned well into the outro. But that song um, just has a lot production wise, just like all over the place. I love like breakbeat drum bass type vibes, but I think that that song also just like the idea of like, I don't know, I've been pretty nomadic my whole life, just chasing the things I don't have. But um, knowing that like I can sleep when I'm dead, so I'm willing to work relentlessly for what it is I'm trying to achieve because you know, as and 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 do what I love to do and like live in the present and try to be present. Um because nothing's really promised. So I'd rather focus on living an existence that I enjoy and that and uh I think that, that ties into death ain't that bad really well. Um but also life's too short does it too. I think that that's just a, uh, you know, wholesome record, but also just like time doesn't wait for anybody. So that thing that you really want to do, you better go do it because nothing, nothing's promised and our time isn't guaranteed. So I've been, I've been, I've been humbled by life in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know, like to come to some of these realizations. So I would say that. You mentioned, you know, the idea of being a nomad and living a nomadic lifestyle. <clears throat> you know, I was wondering, you know, how that, like, when did you become cognizant of that? And that is that also, like, kind of, you know, a reference to, you know, some Ethiopian history? Because I know that a lot of the, you know, in Ethiopia, like, historically, it, it was nomadic peoples who were, who were originally there. Um. So, like, I've kind of always just been somebody that, like, I mean, traveling is great. So I just love traveling, but also like, I feel like music is that, you know, music will have you on a journey of sorts anyways. And life has you on your journey anyways. I feel like we all pave our own paths respectively with whatever we do and trying to stay the course of that path through all the trials and tribulations is like, you know, what essentially what life be, is and in that sense, we're all nomadic because we're all on these journeys, respectively, trying to get what it is we're trying to get or do what it is we're trying to do. So, like, that idea has always just been, like, kind of in me. But also, like, uh, culturally speaking, um, I uh, – so, in Ethiopian culture, you're I'm Ethiopian Orthodox. So, by that, um, I was given the name by my parents. Like, they named me. But then the church – will name you as well. And they named the child was named after a saint whose name is Tekla Haimanut, who uh, his entire life basically devoted to prayer. And like he traveled a lot within Ethiopia, basically rebuilding churches that were being burned down by uh, surrounding like uh, like surrounding Islamic like like forces like in like the 1200s. And yeah, he basically spent like most of his life just going around different parts of Ethiopia, building churches and like he spent the, and then after he did that, he basically dug a ditch in the ground and <laughs> took four spears, stuck them in each of the walls and stood in the center and just like prayed and spent the rest of his life doing that, like devout, like real, real, like really locked in to the point where like, his one of his legs that eventually broke off 
he ended up standing on one foot for an additional like seven years. And like when he died, God gave him like wings and he ascended into heaven and shit. It's a crazy story, but like, um, but yeah, he was just somebody that was very like, knew what he was, his purpose was, was very like, this is what I'm to do. Um, and I just resonated with that story and just being like, you know, uh, it, it just resonated with me as a kid. And I even dropped a B tape called Tekla, um, that I'm planning on doing more of those, but like, yeah, that's, that's just, uh, that was, that kind of ties into, I guess, my nomadicness too. And just like, you know, also just where life has taken me, um, Muse, I'm, I'm like, if you told me when I was like 18 that like I'd be able to like travel like the world and like go to different, like go to Australia, go to like Fiji, go to like Europe or like, you know, Ethiopia, like just go to places for music, I'd be like, bro, what? Like on top of like obviously in the US, like I, I would have never thought. So like I'm blessed and I'm about to, you know, I'm going on tour this year too, even during a pan- pandemic, it's kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, it's just like I've always just been on the road and I, I, I'm comfortable. I like being in motion. It's what I do. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of, I guess, my nomadic nature and like what it derives from. Just like being on the road. You learn a lot, too, talking to people in different places. I love I love expanding my perspective, talking to somebody I, that I probably have nothing in common with, but just getting some sort of understanding of like, you know, or just going to a new place. I've never talked to anybody. It's like, oh, this is how y'all do it. Okay, cool. Like, learn something new every day. So, yeah, here's, you know, to expanding perspectives. It's, I guess, like, one of the roots of, like, my nomadicness. And I also think, like, empathy. You you travel, you talk to a lot of different people. You get more, you, you, you become more, like, I don't want to say you sound like you're a better person for it, but it's, like, something about that, man, like, I, I don't care if you're poor, or you're rich, or whatever. Like it's like, bro, just who you are as a person. Like who you know, the core of you. If you're solid, then you're solid. It doesn't matter where you come from. So like, I'll just, I just, I've, I've learned a lot. Just kind of like expanding my palate, expanding like what my comfort zone is. I feel like if you're too comfortable, you're too stagnant, and you don't really like, you kind of stunt your own potential growth. Um, and that also influenced me moving. I just wanted to see some different shit. And then I learned that a lot of the shit I normalized was not in fact normal, like police interactions and shit. I'm like, Oh, like y'all don't, it doesn't go down like that out here. Oh, or like even just simple shit. Like I can, I can hit a J out here and no one's going to press me. I'm like, what? Just a little, like, or this food, I wouldn't even know different food. Like, you know, like it took me going to Australia to, to really like eggplant. I didn't know that. I didn't have to go across the country to do that shit. But like just being on the road and putting myself in that type of environment, it's like, okay, just expand your palate, continue to just do that. And like, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what you, that yields. And for me also just musically too, just exp- like exposing myself to so many different genres and different things. Like it's definitely expanded my palate my musical palette and like my production and just i didn't really be i wasn't even really producing like that until i moved like i was kind of but not as heavy as i do now and it, and i wouldn't i don't think i would honestly be as much of a producer if i didn't leave maryland 
I feel like I'll just be comfortable just chilling. So, yeah, those are all things that kind of tie into just the desire for better and the desire for like, yeah, just expanding my palate and my perspective. That's awesome. Uh, like, what was the, the change that you found between, you know, the last project and this project? When you say the last project, you're talking about like some slight? I'm talking about some slight, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Like, the change, I mean, I would say some slight wasn't as deep of a concept. That was just like, it was some slight. It was just a, te- a teaser. It was the first, you know, self-produced project I put out. So I just wanted to put something out that wasn't like too much, but also gives you a lot of like range of like what I can do. But I feel like this, you know, that was just like a, a little sampler. I love that project though. Like coffee is one of my favorite songs in my discography with Cicero and wax roof and like, you know, like that project was just really fun. It was very like experimental, like kind of rough, like with like Guala and like just different songs that really like that I were I was just in the vibe of making. But I would say, you know, even as early as Elysium, like I've always like I have a good sense of like albums, I feel and like just like I like to put together a an album that says something and like not just like a body of work, like like that's just a you know composition, you know, just songs put together as an album. It's like no, nah, I like really really make cohesive intention-based projects and you know, some slight was just a little different. It was just like, all right, I just want to put something out and it was fun to do. I did it with my my friend Nick Francis, uh talented artist in Oakland um but uh but yeah like we he and i just kind of just put that shit together and we were, we were just having fun with it whereas death ain't that bad was like i'm pulling from a place of like myself and you know i i want to set the bar like for myself too so like my next project will be better than death ain't that bad i think so like, it's like it's like i just want to continue to like elevate in different ways death ain't that bad was even more like that was something that like I just had, I had so much fun making that shit too. And shout out to my brother, Tony uh, Ferraro. He plays keys for like Toro y Moi, but also like um, his uh, astronauts, et cetera. He, uh, yeah, he and I really locked in on that project together. Just like having sessions and just talking about life and like, you know, really just like, you know, every song was a conversation that's something that that album was every song with every person that 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 that, like every person involved in the project like on every song individually every session we would sit and talk before anything was done i love that shit some people just like all right hop in the studio like all right but we gotta just do it it's like no let's talk about what we're doing like i present a topic of you know in this vein of like the album like you know like for instance like uh nowhere fast you know that's a song that i really love on that project and uh so like me and my sister us too talented uh singer you know we would be talking about like the, the opening line on my verses if i could tell you when you would die is that something that you would want to know so like the idea of like 
well, we live in a in time where like, you know, shit is just like information is power. <laughs> the difference between knowing how to do something, not doing something is just like that information on how to do it. Like, and sometimes, you know, you'll get mad at your phone for 30 seconds. And like, if it doesn't buffer, like, or load that thing, you're trying to look up right away. And like, you know, there's beauty in the unknown. Like, and like, if you could know when you could die, like imagine you, imagine if you could Google when you would die to tell you, is that something you would want to know if you had access to that shit? For me, it was not, not at all. And like, that was a conversation that was had. And we just talked before we even recorded, like the beat was already, you know, I, and I did do that with the same as the, in the production sessions too. So like, it was just so much intention with death ain't that bad. Like, and like, being able to be like, especially from a production standpoint too, to be like, I want it to feel like this. Like I have no regrets on that thing that bad at all. Like if maybe, you know, just you could always you, like, I don't know. You can always go back and say, Oh, I could have done this, but like, I'm proud of that shit. Like, cause I was a hundred percent like, this is where I'm executing from. This is what I'm executing to. And like, I mean, this is like the goal of it. Like all of that, was done and i just like doing and making stuff with that level of like intention because you can't go wrong i feel i mean yeah i feel like you can't if you're like being that on like the mark with it at least to your own book and for me like i was like yeah this is how i want this to feel and jose my homie jose uh my engineer who i'm actually at the house of like he he went to fucking work on this with me too so Big shout out to Jose for for that whole project, for real. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming through. This has been such a lovely and revealing conversation. I've learned so much about you. And I think, you know, even going back to the album, it's going to sound different to me because of, you know, your insight and just Context to get the content. Your, yeah, it yeah. definitely adds context to to the whole thing too, because like it's a personal but universal message at the same time. Nah, I appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for really listening and like being really like. I feel like y'all really like do y'all research like and talk to talk to me like about shit that I like am passionate about. Like I, I really do appreciate that. Like I was telling y'all earlier, like you know. It, it, it could easily have not been this type of conversation and I'm blessed and grateful that it was this type of conversation. And, th- and yeah, just thank y'all for like having me to speak on, on th- this stuff. I think if you're putting in the time, then it's only fair that we put in the time to like really give the work it's due. Mm-hmm. That's, that's love. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for being here. Hanno, yep. again, thank you so much for this. Everyone for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out Hanno's music. Buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, mm-hmm. Stream it. Get, get all get all the, the streaming numbers. You know, start your own streaming farm. Listen to Death Ain't uh, That Bad. Buy the merch when it's there. Watch the video mm-hmm. on YouTube. He's making real good music, and you know we should celebrate him. And you know, do everything you can to support artists like him. And as soon as he has some tour dates up, 
we will put a clip of this podcast out again and we will tag him and put the tour dates up in that because we really want to see henna win again thank you guys for listening make sure you're liking this make sure you're re- you're reviewing it five stars and you're subscribed and yeah go check out henna's music that thing that bad came out in march it's still a really fantastic album for the year and yeah thanks guys again for listening bye all right take care see you guys Thank <laughs> you.